0: You're listening to Sports Waves, a Pepperdine graphic media podcast hosted by Paxton Ritchie and Carl Winter. Sports Waves features analysis of college and pro sports, as well as conversations and interviews with Pepperdine athletes and coaches. We release new episodes every weekend. To make sure you're the first to hear about them, follow us on Twitter, at Sports Waves Pod. Thanks for listening. Paxton Ritchie here alongside Carl Winter. Good to be talking to you again and thanks to everybody on Spotify and SoundCloud for tuning in. Later on this episode, we'll be talking to Jada Rufus-Milner of the women's basketball team here at Pepperdine. She's been such an important voice for racial and social justice, especially from an athlete point of view uh, this summer with all the events that have happened. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking to her later on in the episode, but first, Carl, with the coronavirus lockdown, it was a tough few months to be a sports fan, hardly anything to watch, but these past few weeks, the past month and a half or so, unprecedented time in sports history where everything's on at the same time. We've never seen anything like this before.
1: Yeah, it's just incredible to have, you know, the NFL got started up as it normally would in terms of time-wise, but without any preseason, so that kind of came out of nowhere, and now we're all of a sudden in the heat of an MLB playoff race um, after a shortened season, so we're only 40 games in, and yet, it or 45 games in, and now it's time for a playoff race, and the NHL and the NBA in the middle of heated playoff runs as well. They're getting close to the conference finals or in the conference finals in the NHL. And it's just a crazy time having all of the pro sports in the USA on at once. It's, it's exciting, it's different because here in California, there's almost nothing going on at a college level, but elsewhere we even have college sports going on. There's There's been some college football um, elsewhere in the country. Um, so certainly uh, to use an offused term here during the COVID pandemic, it, it's an unprecedented time, but it's exciting.
0: It, it is a bit of that word is a bit of a cliche days, but there really is no other way to describe it. You think about people would describe October as the best sports month of the year. Why? Because it was the baseball playoffs and then you had most of the other sports going on, but it was regular season NFL. Now you still have regular season NFL, but you're going to have playoff baseball, the NBA finals, the Stanley Cup the MLS playoffs, the English Premier League, NASCAR. There's just the U.S. Open Championship last night. Shout out to uh, Sasha Zverev on his first title. Everything in the world is going on right now in the same month. And we've talked about in previous episodes of the show, we went from channel surfing at 3 a.m. watching Korean baseball to deciding which one out of the four playoff games we're going to to be watching right at this moment. It's crazy.
1: And not only that, but it's just as unpredictable as we thought it might be with teams having such long layoffs and such different atmospheres in games. I mean, weird things are happening. You have a potential Stanley Cup final between the Islanders and the Stars, which nobody would have seen coming a few months out. You have the Nuggets pushing the Clippers to seven games now. Um, The Bucks getting bounced in five in the East playoffs, not even making the conference finals. Um, and, and baseball, obviously, is, is kind of a mess, which we thought might happen with so many teams making the playoffs. Um, it's just been so different than every year. But, but it's been really exciting to see.
0: Think about also the, how the sport is different, right? The NBA is more tangible. They're in a bubble. Baseball, the whole schedule has changed. You're playing teams in your division only. So we're seeing teams like the Yankees, who normally would freeze through uh, you know, a schedule against other teams that play in a stacked division that suddenly find themselves hovering around 500 and in danger of missing the playoffs when they were supposed to be one of the top teams in the league. You think about soccer adding st- soccer stopping the clock for the first time ever for water breaks and expanding the number of subs. I mean, it's just you know, I I I hate to use the word unprecedented every five seconds but it really is just as a sports fan, like the very sports that we watch are changing in front of our eyes. And it, it's almost like a sensory o- overload to have all of this happening at once.
1: Yeah. We mentioned European soccer before, but that they went from, you know, finishing all of their championships and teams winning multiple trophies in a span of a few weeks. And all of a sudden, their next season has started already. And on the flip side of the Yankees, now that you mentioned the Yankees, is my team, the White Sox, currently leading uh, the AL as we record this because they I mean, credit to them, you gotta beat who's in front of you, but they have a twenty one and three record against the Royals, the Tigers, and the Pirates. There's something like eighteen and two against the Royals and the Tigers because they've gotten to play them so many times, um, that they have an inflated record. Uh, to be fair, other teams haven't beaten them as much. But you the White Sox are currently leading the AL and the Yankees are barely hovering around a playoff spot, uh, which something you wouldn't have seen coming had this been in a hundred and sixty two game season with full travel and you know, a full sample size.
0: Yeah, the strength of schedule is a stat that's going to be obsolete for the next probably year and a half. When you think of colleges that are doing all regional based, um, and and obviously we, you know, here at Pepperdine, we're awaiting word on what what and when competition is going to look like. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunity to get into that at a later date. A big defining feature of sports since the restart of coronavirus has been uh, the protests and the movement for racial justice. And we are going to get into this more in depth with our guest uh, Jada Rufus-Millner coming up. But Carla, just as a sports fan, what, are, what is your take on uh, seeing so many athletes choosing to use their platform to, to speak out in, in various ways?
1: Yeah, once again, I, th- this is a, something that we've seen sports being being a, kind of a leading thing in before in social justice. When you think about, you know, Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson and sports kind of affecting change. But now it's it's been both kind of a reaction to things that have happened in the world, but also trying to push forward on being an active role in anti-racism rather than just standing by. And again, we've seen things that we've never seen before. You know, players boycotting games and the league supporting them and working with them um, because they understand the statement that they're trying to make in the NBA um, and just, just across all platforms. So I think that, that sports and, and pro athletes are taking a role like they've never been able to before um, with social media, but also on the field and, and trying to affect tangible change and taking, taking a role toward, toward real policy changes as well.
0: Yeah, and Carl, you are you are something that I am not, which is a collegiate student-athlete. So I wonder if you could just provide a little perspective. Obviously, professional athletes are role models to so many. Uh, but even, even as a collegiate athlete like yourself, what is it about that team aspect? And, you know, your, your team isn't competing. I'm not saying your team's had these discussions specifically or asking for them, but what is it about the team aspect that sort of spurs that momentum where people want to sort of stand together and make a statement and do something as a unified, uh, a show of unity, because we see that in sports more than any other sort of discipline of our society, I feel like.
1: Yeah. And in sports, we, we are kind of a bubble in that it's different because we have teammates that are all moving, working toward a common goal and we kind of put our own differences aside. Um, But we also realize that we can, we can be role models for other people on the campus as well. And just other people around because we try to put our differences aside um, and, and kind of go head on against instances of, you know, racism or social injustice or things that we see, Um, in our own athletic department or on our own team. And we, we try to confront those head on because otherwise you're not going to be successful as a team. So as a student athlete, we've, we've tried to push forward on things just like as simple as registering to vote is something that Pepperdine athletics is pushing right now. And we're trying to just get other people around to see that, that these are real issues and that the only way we're going to be able to change them is if we take, you know a truly active role against them and that that can start with us uh if we want to make it that way and i'm sure we'll talk about this with jada as well
0: all right we're here with jada rufus Milner, jada thank you so much for uh joining us on the show
2: today uh, thank you for having me i'm really excited for this podcast honestly
0: definitely we appreciate you being here so uh first off how are you doing? It's been a crazy summer uh, for everybody of course. Uh, I know you're back on campus in Malibu now. Uh, maybe just talk a little bit about what the what the summer and the fall has been like for how you uh, got to where you're at.
2: Right, I mean 2020 has literally been a year of changes so you're constantly just like kept on your toes. I feel like um, it, it was stressful in the beginning but I just kept kind of adapting, figuring out what works for me and stuff, um, mainly through the summer. But I was taking summer classes, so that brought a lot of like um, structure in my summer. Being here on campus, uh, I mean, you get tested beforehand and then there's not that many people, but my teammates are here, so we've like formed a little family. So that's been like, you know, not alone. You're not alone on campus here. I've just been trying to figure out a schedule Making sure I can balance everything that like my other passions, basketball, school, everything like that. But it's been it's been pretty good, honestly, just adapting.
1: Yeah. And Jada, we've we've heard that basketball is one of the first teams um, on campus to be able to move into phase two of of the return to campus protocol um so i was just wondering what that was like obviously weights has been so different with everyone kind of spread out on the tennis courts so what's it like you know practicing outside in the parking lot um something that i'm sure you haven't really had to do at Pepperdine before
2: it's interesting i mean it's definitely become the new normal where i don't even think about it it's like okay i'm heading to the tennis courts to weightlift i don't know you get used to it it's kind of it's cool because you're outside but i mean now it's really hot but uh I mean you get used to it. it's better than not practicing at all um we've just started um phase two so now we're doing like individual workouts today was my first time doing like a workout with a coach and you know getting feedback from that uh it definitely feels like oh now I'm really in my sport again and um I'm here for like you know basketball which is one of my other passions so
0: when you're when you're weightlifting on the tennis court are they bringing like Maps and stuff out there too I mean like are they like would they get mad at you if you drop the weight or something like that I mean, I mean like like a lot of hoops to jump through you know
2: I mean you have to like it's still spread out like six feet apart everyone's racks and like if you want to grab a weight like you're supposed to wait you're not supposed to be huddled with anyone and like after you're done using it you're like spraying down everything and you know, it seems very, it it still doesn't, you know, like everyone has to be wearing a mask, not the athletes, but like the coaches and stuff. It's very like, you know, not the environment you want to be in being very cautious and stuff. But yeah, it's it's the new normal. It's kind of crazy still though.
0: (laughs) Probably makes everything take longer too, I bet.
2: Oh yeah, for sure and
1: for your individual workout um with the coach were you were you out in the parking lot at Firestone Fieldhouse or were you were you on the tennis courts as well
2: um they changed it originally was in the fire like they still have courts on in the little parking lot but we don't really use those we use the ones on the tennis courts they just put them up and like they drew chalk on the board like on the floor for you know 3 point line free throw that kind of stuff so the tennis courts are basically our home for basketball weightlifting and just the courts everything so
0: i know you're on campus what percentage of your team is on campus with you
2: um i think i'd say about half of the teams is on here like seven are, are,
0: are your teammates that aren't on campus are they in the malibu area where you can sort of link up with them or are they kind of spread around the country
2: We have one in the Malibu area, and then like one in the LA area, and another one kind of far away, another one in Australia, kind of spread out, honestly. But yeah, they're going to start, they're starting to bring back more athletes just to be uh, like practicing if you're off campus, like you get tested and stuff. So I think we're going to have like a hundred or so plus athletes coming on and training so that that's going to be really exciting i think
1: yeah we've heard that uh that the hopefully some of the off campus student athletes we'll be able to join in and and go into phase one and get tested this week as well. That's what I'm hoping. So that should be exciting. And hopefully uh, we're looking forward to you guys being able to move into phase three with practice and maybe even get to use the gym. That would be nice. But, but looking ahead, Jada, one of the different things about this year of, of many is that basketball might be one of the first teams to take the court this year, or if any Pepperdine team basketball might be the first thing to start. Hopefully the WCC's still hoping to start in november um is what we've heard have you have you heard about that from your coaches at all if you guys are still you know hoping to be able to practice and play this semester
2: um yeah our coaches are extremely hopeful like they ex- like they expect that we're going to have a season it's just a matter of when i mean i'm super excited i hope there's a season it's just going to be different of course um uh, cuz all the traveling and playing different teams it's going to be there's probably going to be a lot of strict protocols but I think that's better than nothing because it's sometimes it feels like it's hard to work out and, you know, work hard if you don't really have a goal. Like, oh, this is going to pay off somewhere in the year. It's like, oh, this is going to pay off like in a year from now. Like, everyone obviously wants to play. So. I really hope so. Our coaches are hopeful. So how do you think your mindset would change
0: if, if the season got pushed back? I mean, maybe you're in that mindset already, but under a normal season, you know, you'd have your first game circled on the calendar and you'd be gearing up for that day and, and nobody really has that right now. And right, yeah. uh, the other I know you're close with a lot of the athletes on campus who've already had, you know, their seasons postponed. So what's what's that like kind of trying to fight that?
2: uncertainty a little bit yeah i mean you just i guess you have to find out what's like for you in this moment like i i feel like i've been really pulled in a lot of directions because i'm like oh i have a lot of free time now to like do other things that i normally don't have to do for basketball but now we're starting individuals so my mindset has changed and like you know you just get more motivated knowing that there's actual structure and actual oh now we're having practices. Now we're going to have games. You're looking forward for things because in a practice, you're not just practicing. You're also like, oh, I'm practicing because if I do this, this player on that other team is going to do this. And, like, you know, it's just a different mindset. You're, like, imagining it in the future. And you kind of lose that when you don't have any games. It's like, you know, you're just playing, like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's the collegiate level that you signed up for. so. But you just have to switch your mind. I mean, work hard all the time, obviously, but it's different for sure. And I don't blame anyone if they feel in a limbo state.
1: Yeah, it must be difficult to, to try and get in that mindset when you're out there shooting around on the tennis court um, at Pepperdine instead of actually in Firestone Fieldhouse. But but I guess it's is, it is part of like trying to motivate yourself with whatever your opponents are doing as well and, and just hoping that uh, that there are games in November. But one of the things that we've discussed a lot this summer and that we wanted to bring up with you, to also was just the role that sports, both collegiate and professional, have taken in in social and racial justice movements this summer. And we know that you've been on the forefront of that Um, for Pepperdine especially. So maybe if we could just start with, if you want to talk a little bit about your role and what you've been able to do with the Waves Leadership Council and with your team as we've tried to, uh, in with Pepperdine Athletics and West Coast Conference, you know, start a movement of anti-racism in college athletics.
2: I mean, with WLC, we've the first thing that we did is uh, like form a panel, having certain panelists. I was on the panel, um, just speak about their perspective, their their black perspective of what's going on um, in society currently. That was a couple months ago, um, with like the passing of George Floyd, and I thought that was super important because it definitely gives people, uh, like, if you don't have that many black friends or anything, you come from a very privileged background it would be important for you to hear the voices of people that it's directly affecting so I thought that was good like a good way to start um, with Pepperdine WLC uh, we also made sure like people joined another like an informational educational kind of a uh, conference meeting um, uh, like Pepperdine was we had the most athletes join that out of all the other WCC schools and I felt like that really shows that, like Pepperdine is really trying to. Our athletes are really trying to learn and stay engaged in this movement. That made me feel happy knowing that. And I mean, I've been on uh, some meetings with. If you've seen Black at Pepperdine, uh, the Instagram page that addresses a lot of the racial issues that are here on campus, and um, I've been in a lot of meetings with those of administration and higher ups, uh, just trying to address it and figure out the next step actions and like they're really trying to do good things and good changes and just being a part of things like that even like voter registration making sure all the athletes are um registered to vote and you know stuff like that the tiny things but and then also we're just trying to educate and We're figuring out new ways to bring speakers and and like for specific topics like race and criminality or race and poverty or race and education and so on, mental health, so on. We're trying to do something like that, like keeping the conversation alive and making sure you know that you can always learn something and open your mind up. It's amazing just being a part of that and seeing that like the student athletes are a big part of this push on our campus. And I don't know. It was great to see everyone come together, and I've been on a lot of calls, and I know things are working behind the scenes for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, there's a lot of conversations that that need to be had. One thing I was curious to get your perspective on, though, we've had a lot of kind of athlete protest moments in Mm -hmm. sports in the past. You look at going back to like Jesse Owens or Muhammad Ali or Mm -hmm. you know Tommy Carlos at the Olympics, even Colin Kaepernick just four years ago. But this it's way more widespread. Those were typically like one action things. And this year, everybody's doing it. So what do you think is different about this year and this time around? Why do you think the message is sticking more than it has
2: in the past? I think what's different this year is that everyone is forced to pay attention to what's happening around the world. We're all locked in our rooms, especially in the very beginning of quarantine. Everyone wasn't outdoing things people were mainly the way they stayed connected with everyone is through their phone through what was happening in the world and when something happens like george floyd dying then people see that on their phone everyone has to acknowledge it in the past when it came to other black men or even black women dying it was just more of a like a oh it happened it reached some people but then we moved on it was always something like me and the black community, we always have known this police brutality was like it was against um, disproportionately against black people. And but now people have seen it now, people see the videos of it, and you can't turn your face when you're on Instagram and someone's reposting something. And it's just like I definitely think the quarantine time helped our movement because they had, everyone had to see it because everyone's on their phone in quarantine. I think that's the major change. Just everyone was forced to look at what's happening in the news.
1: Yeah. And and with the election coming up in November, you mentioned voter registration. And I think we talked about in that WCC session, you know, just racist policies that you can be speaking out against like tangible things, you know, voter suppression and gentrification and, and misleading education and the war on drugs and, and those things that, that not only can you take a voice against, but you can also vote against. Um, But once the election cycle passes and once, you know, November 5th happens, um, but you guys still will hopefully take the court, um, how do you hope to continue these movements to make sure these conversations continue and set the tone, um, you know, as a student athlete and hopefully uh, one of the first teams to take the court? I'm just wondering if you guys were planning, you know, any sort of demonstration or a way to continue... To continue this conversation?
2: I think that we have a lot of focus right now on like voting and registering and, you know, make sure you vote for whoever. And that's like the first step. I feel like that's not the, oh, I did that and it's over. Like, no, you can't really, we're just voting for people. But like, at the end of the day, it's also our society and you can't really vote out hate or just, you know, prejudice. You can't really vote that out. That changes in like, people's hearts and minds so and the thing is it's very systematic and it's hidden more now so you just have to really reflect I think that self-reflection is a constant thing throughout your life it's a constant life thing it doesn't just end with one date it doesn't end months from now a year from now it's always going to be if you have privilege I even have privilege when it comes to black community. There's not just one black struggle or black way in America. So you have to recognize how you're contributing to oppression or anything. So the way I would look after voting registration is making sure we know, like like you said, voting for certain props is going to continue throughout your life. Voting for um, certain like governors, senates, all that is going to contribute as well but you also have to make sure you're informing yourself. You're keeping up to date because this, this um, COVID time, like this economic crisis is going to hit the communities that have already been affected for it. So I feel like we really need to tune in even more in the future because we're gonna see the residual effects of all this money not being distributed to poor, some mainly Black, minority filled communities who aren't even getting the best education currently. Like that's going to have 10 years lasting impacts, 20 years. You know what I mean? Like it's a constant cycle, constant battle. So for me, I'm just going to try to make sure people are educating themselves. I try to watch a documentary. I try to see which ways when I come into the workforce, I'm going to help people and give back. So I don't know. I'm going to just keep promoting the message, I guess.
0: Jada, you talked about uh, getting informed, and obviously that's something that is uh, important to me mm-hmm. and Carl as, you know, journalism and media mm-hmm. majors, getting that information getting out there, but uh, obviously in the society we live in, um, mm-hmm. you know, no n- no secret that, that journalism is kind of muddy right now. Yeah. And... Uh, all different kinds of sources and people saying this is true, this isn't true and kind of information isn't taken at face value the way it used to be. So obviously it's an it's an issue we all need to get informed and then stay informed about. Like you said, don't do one thing and then it's over. But uh, for anybody who, who might be listening that's wondering, okay, well, what do I read? How do I get informed? What what would you say to them, for them to check out?
2: One, I would say, listen to people's stories. Literally engaging with people that you normally wouldn't engage with is going to be, like, the best form of education. Because you can get how someone else's life. Like, I've heard so many different stories from different Black people and how it has affected them. And they've opened up a lot. And that just gives me a whole different branch of how I see the world like starting there would be cool. If you have a friend who is Black or has struggled in any way, talking to them would definitely open your mind up on a deeper level. But informing yourself when it comes to information, first know who's telling the story. Look for something that's being told by a Black person, by the community that's being oppressed. Because even if someone has a great intent when they're writing something they might not see it the way someone else would who is being directly affected there's a lot of documentaries there's a lot of books I mean literally just sit down and google search like books to read on anti-racism books to you know read 10 pages a day like you can do something like that if you're super dedicated but you can also youtube some five minute video that can give you something like there is no excuse to not inform yourself because it's literally in the palm of our hands you can click a couple buttons and you can see something it's just placed on you like if you want to dedicate that time then you can how much time do you want to dedicate to being informed is on you five minutes a day ten minutes a day you decide that the information is there For sure. You know, it might be skewed a bit, but it's better than not knowing literally anything.
1: Just to end it on, you know, something a little more informal, but uh, Jada, you guys, uh, you lost a lot of seniors on your team this this past year, but also you have a really big group of freshmen and newcomers in in Coach Dowling's second year and it's her basically her first recruiting class of her own and I'm guessing you've gotten to meet some of the freshmen and and are living on campus with them so hoping there's a season starting this November what are you excited about um, about taking the court with this group
2: this group is very interesting I mean I've gotten close with everyone who's on campus and it's that's not usually how it is when you when you're with a team you don't form that Bond before you actually play basketball with them, before you actually see where their talent is or anything. So everyone already loves each other just because we know each other as people before we know each other as basketball players, which I think is super beautiful. So I'm excited to see that transfer onto the court because I know everyone is going to want to push each other and make sure everyone is is in the right role for them. And there's not going to be that obviously it's going to be a competitive nature but it's not going to be like in spite of or anything like I don't know I just really feel the love this year from my team and I can't wait to like really showcase that on the court like I literally love them to death so we
0: we can't wait to see you guys on the court either I mean we 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 would love to be back on campus we'd love to be in Firestone Fieldhouse watching you guys play I I I think, you know, all Pepperdine's, Pepperdine is having a really good year athletically
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: across the board. Uh, you know, for each one of those teams, uh, you guys, you guys need your season. So we need to do it safely. But I know, I know we're all hoping and praying that it, that it happens real soon. <laughs>
1: yeah, I second that. <laughs> all right,
0: Jay, that, that's uh, all the time we have. But thank you so much for, for stopping by. I really appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts and experiences. And, and
2: thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for inviting me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Jada. Appreciate it.
0: For more info on this podcast and to hear about upcoming episodes, make sure you follow us on Twitter at sportswavespod. And to keep up with the other podcasts, breaking news, and more from the graphic, follow them on Twitter and Instagram
2: at pepgraphic or visit pepperdine-graphic.com.